Greetings, friends, and welcome to Trajectory Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the relationship that genuine faith has with good deeds. But before we do that, of course, is our moment of positivity. God is scary. What a way to start off a moment of positivity. Did you know that God is scary? Everyone thinks that Satan is scary, but Satan doesn't hold a candle to the Lord. His holiness and power are just terrific. Imagine the kind of person that can blink a galaxy into existence, and this person's nature, right down to his innermost being, is intensely righteous, good, and right. Well, we are not. We are encumbered by sin and have made ourselves, by our actions, enemies of God. In fact, God is so scary that he told Moses he would not show him his face when Moses wanted to see God. God said to Moses, and I quote, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. God is a person who, if we met with him in passing or in any given scenario, our only option would be to die in fear and wonder, overcome by the grossness of our sin and the vibrancy of his majesty. This leaves us with a problem because we want to have a relationship with God, right? And and God wants us to be able to meet with him and not die. So he established one place where we could come and meet with God. And that, my friends, is at the cross. The cross is the location where sinners can face God, see his love, and there God changes us, makes us new and good so that we ourselves have as our own possession the very same intense, vibrant goodness and righteousness that God himself does. In fact, the scripture says we are one spirit with God, meaning that we are spiritually connected with him. The cross is so beautiful. What a kind God to know that we could not approach him. So he made a place that was safe for us to meet with him. And that, my friends, is our moment of positivity. Okay, we are jumping back into the thoughts of James. Uh, Just a little recap. James is known for his practical down-to-earth wisdom. He's sort of radical, saying stuff like, hey, don't treat rich people better than you treat poor people. And true religion involves generosity, kindness, and purity. Now James turns his attention right at the religious imposters with some savage ideas about faith. He says in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, 
Was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Okay, so obviously James is talking here about the relationship between doing things and believing things. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on global warming. If you look at trends, okay, it seems like the world is getting a little warmer. I'm skeptical of all the thoughts on that, though, especially when I see rich politicians telling people to worry about global warming and then buying millions of dollars worth of shoreline real estate. Their actions don't coincide with their so-called beliefs. An onlooker might even say, I don't think you really believe that, do you? Imagine, if you will, that you were a poor person. For me, that doesn't take too much imagining. <laughs> Get it? Okay, so you are super poor, and a wealthy man comes to you on a cold winter's day, right at dinner time, looks at you with compassionate eyes and says, My friend, be warmed and filled. Hope fills your heart. You are going to eat tonight. He then proceeds to run down the streets, jumping and dancing. Be warmed and filled, he yells at the top of his lungs. Then he goes home without leaving you with even so much as a dollar. How would you feel? Now in your imagination, travel to your local church, knowing that God is there, longing for us to believe in him, to dig deep into the existence of himself and there find the power to walk and live, and see a well-dressed church attender saying with sincere eyes, I believe, I have faith, Jesus, Jesus, only Jesus, praise God and hallelujah. This person starts running down the aisle shouting, I believe. He's standing on the pews saying, I believe but he leaves without even so much as a motivation changed in his heart. That week, he's mean to his wife, yells at his kids, cheats on a test, swears at the ref, flips off the guy going slow in the left lane. How does God feel? Can that faith save him? This leaves us with some uncomfortable realizations. First off, it's possible that you have a broken or useless faith. James is like, if you have faith without works, can that faith even save you? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. Wait, so you're saying that if I go around having what I think is a very genuine faith, but that faith doesn't stir me up towards action, I might have a genuine faith that's worthless? I love where James goes with this because he's like, you say you believe in God. Good for you. So do the demons. <laughs> Listen, if you're an actionless believer, a type of faith that closely resembles your own is the kind held by demons. James uses generosity to the poor as a way for us to see the ridiculousness of fruitless faith. He also uses the obedience of Abraham as an example. Abraham was told by God to sacrifice Isaac, his son, and he obeyed God. Just before he killed his son, though, God stopped Abraham and provided a sheep instead. This is what the scripture says God told Abraham when he stopped him. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Now I know that you fear God? Doesn't God know our hearts already? Wasn't Abraham's faith good enough without doing the hard thing? God does know our hearts, but he still requires that we put that faith to action. Abraham's actions validated his faith and recommended him in God's eyes. What about you? Is your faith like Abraham's or like a demon's? <laughs> Do you call yourself a Christian but walk in full-blown sin? Check out this verse. 
Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name, drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. The one who does the will of my Father. I'll leave you with this. Before you know how to engage in doing the will of the Father, which apparently is a prerequisite to going to heaven, or at least the faith that encourages us to do the things that God is pleased by, we need to know God and we need to understand his word. This is why reading the scriptures is so important. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You will never be a person of faith if you don't know what the Bible says. This week, seek to know God himself and his will so that as you go about being faithful, you can also find yourself doing the things of faith. Okay, that's all for me today, guys. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Trajectory Podcast. Uh, Tell someone about us if you like. Until next time, God bless you.